You there, Hefe? All right. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Right, Loud and clear. All right, good. We're first time, Kenny and Eric. First time. <laughs> first time on the cast. Um, <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about your drafting. We're gonna talk about um kind of an interesting chat fantasy community kind of has going on right now that both of you and I have taken that at the end. Um, okay. But uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about your draft. So uh, for those, uh, one thing that Scott and I do, speaking to the listeners now, is um, we kind of write up what our draft plan is before the draft. And then after the draft is over, we look back at our plan and add some comments about how things went. And then we send it to each other after the draft as a kind of a fun way to um, kind of get some insight into what the other person, how that kind of worked out as the draft was going. So I do have some things. I have your uh, your plan pulled up here, so I'll, I'll probably pull a few quotes from it if you don't mind. Sure. And this okay. is all post-draft, just uh, confirming that everyone knows. No collusion here. Paul, <laughs> one that's a good, important thing to say. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know anything about what the other guy's doing until after the draft. Although Except you've had we, some very yeah. prescient comments. I don't, I don't know if I said that word right, prescient. Uh, you said comments right? about what you expected me to do, and they were like right on. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to go through your picks, pick by pick, and we start off with a bang. <laughs> we yes, we do. Yeah. Um, Max Scherzer, which I think both of us expected to bid on, but neither of us expected to get. Correct. I was sure he'd go in the 60s. Um, And maybe that's crazy, but, you know, guys are getting kept. Those starting pitchers are getting kept pretty high. And he was the only healthy-ish one there. So I I was sure he was going to go in the 60s, but uh, he didn't. my value for him was uh, the inflated value was actually 70. I wasn't going near that, but the overall value that I had him pegged at was, I think, 55. 50, yeah. Like after we, we put in the keepers and all that, right? Right. Yeah. So the inflated value that is, is right uh, after keepers, and that was up to 70. Uh, I told you after the fact, but. Uh, uh, one of my immediate regrets after keepers was that I, I really thought that I should reach out to David about just giving him a few bucks to to buy Scherzer from him at 55. So 55 was kind of the amount I had set in my mind that, hey, if I could get him at that, I'd do it. But more than that, I don't know how much more I would have gone. Yeah, you know, I had him at 62 for my inflated value. Um but and my overall plan was to pretty much go up to those values, especially on the high end guys. But I was just really concerned about spending that much money, and I, I, I did fifty four. This is it, and then you went fifty five, and then it sounds like that was both of our maximums. There. Yeah, yeah, and I, as you know, I I uh, regretted it pretty soon just because my overall plan was to not get Scherzer and then get a bunch of, you know, 10 to $12 guys in terms of starting pitching uh, and then spend the bulk of my money instead at second base and center field, which kind of is exactly what you were doing. 
Yeah, and I think I so very much expected to not be in on Scherzer that I didn't even come up with a plan if I had. (laughs) Well, that was my problem, too, is that I didn't have a plan (laughs) if I got him. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, it was like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Now, the story does have a happy ending because yeah, you it's okay. really pretty upset at yourself through the whole draft and even immediately after it ended. In the end, yeah. you, were, you ended up pretty happy with yourself, correct? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because, you know, uh, referencing Kenny's pod earlier, a lot of those cheaper starting pitchers went for less than I thought they would. So I was able to get a few guys that I wanted at a buck, even though Kenny sniped me for a few of them at two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you were just waiting for him to run out of roster spots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. grabbed Scherzer, which totally threw you for a loop and changed the yeah. trajectory of your draft. And then it did, yeah. And then came um, Kettle Marte, which I can't remember if you're the one who pushed me so high on him. I, you were. Uh, yeah, I did still keep going on him because so I nominated third. And so I nominated Marte and my plan a was to get Marte. Um, but then after I got Scherzer, I didn't have quite as much money. So I, I went up to my inflated value of him actually was 36. And I think that's what you got him at. Um, yeah, mine, is that right? Mine was 37. So I was, okay. Go, <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah you would have got another dollar, yeah, well, but I was out at 36. Um, especially after having acquired uh, Scherzer, but I, I still, you know, I like to spend a lot of money early in the draft just because if I don't spend it, then I'm not going to spend it. And so I did still grab Jose Ramirez next, I think after Marte, Um, even though he wasn't the guy I wanted, I really wanted Rizzo there who you later got. Um, But I think at the cost of 35 for Jose Ramirez, I was happy with that. Yeah. I had him at 37 as well. I had both him and Marte at 37. Although, Okay. One of the things that I did when I put in my dollar values was I I changed them depending upon what position I was looking at them. Yes. So as a second at third base, which probably had the lowest positional dollar value, uh-huh. thirty seven dollars being the same as Marte, that just kind of speaks to what he provides, and I expect him to provide better numbers than Marte. It was just the positional eligibility, right. but pushed, um, again, we're talking about Kettle Marte, pushing him up there yes. to the same cost as uh, Joe Ram. And in hindsight, that's why I wished I had gone more on Kettle Marte, at least to maybe make you pay more. And then I might have been able to get um, Altuve later, who you got, because I had Marte and Altuve as kind of my number one and two targets. Yeah, Marte in. One of the, I did end up with Altuve and mm-hmm. um, I ended up with him because I missed out on Starling Marte, who was your okay. next pick. Yes. Uh, pick twice. So you did, you went to Scherzer, Joe Ram at four, and then you got Starling Marte at 20. And I was, I was really interested in him. Um, yeah. There wasn't a lot of depth there at center field, which I think is also why you were going after uh, Cattell Marte because he's either spot. But uh, yeah, so I, if I wasn't going to get Cattell Marte, I was going to get Starling. Yeah, you wrote, and here I'm, I'm quoting what you wrote. You said uh, the Marte uh, for center field. You said the Martes, 
referring to Kettle and Starling, top this list, and it gets ugly quick. And and I totally agree yeah. with you. I, I wanted one of those two guys, and if because uh, it, it did get ugly. I did not like what I saw in center field. Uh, right. Yeah, in fact, I think one of the highest rated guys that I had left in center field was was Brian Reynolds, multi-positional, but uh, uh, he ended up going way late for two bucks. Um, so, yeah, it, it dropped off. Yeah, I'm looking. You had Reynolds at 13. I had him at 12, so we had him right in pretty much the same range. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I got to go on that. I don't know why I didn't go higher, 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 higher on than <laughs> on Starling Marte because I had him at 26, and you got him for. 22. Oh, did you? Let's see. You had just. Oh, I I think I know why. Your next pick was uh, Rizzo. You're probably holding out to make sure you got him. Oh, because he was your number one target, you right? Know what? I do know why. Um, it was because um I got Kettle Marte at three, and he was going to be my second baseman, and then. Yep. Altuve came up before Starling Marte. That's and I right. I got Altuve, who I had valued at 42, and I got him for 38. So that pushed him at second, and it moved Kettle Marte to center field. That's, why. that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you, you didn't have room there. And, no. And obviously, you'd rather have a first baseman at utility than a second. Yeah. So. Yep, that's it. And then you're right. The next pick, I got Anthony Rizzo, who was originally part of your plan, too, right? Yes. Yeah. And I... Uh, I didn't realize he went for 33 and, and Jose at 35. Yeah, I probably would have rather had him just for the fielding percentage. Um, and then his his flow, floor is uh, lower than, is higher, I should say, than Jose Ramirez, given Ramirez's last couple of years. Right, yeah, we've seen him bottom out pretty bad for long yeah. chunks at a time. Um, and then after yeah. Charlie Marte... You uh you grab well, then I took a break. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> no. Uh, twelve picks later, you grabbed uh, Marcus Simeon. Oh, that's right. Yes. And that was was that? Right. Yeah. Francisco Lindor at shortstop. Yeah, that's 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 my regret pick. Um, just I mean, I had him valued in the twenties, so I think I really thought he was going to go for more, and I would have bowed out. But uh, yeah, I mean. My only hope is that I can trade him or maybe I look to trade Lindor. We'll see. Yeah. So but, basically you got caught price enforcing there. <laughs> yep. When I was looking for your Correa price enforcement. That was much later, I guess. Oh, no, not, not too much later. Yeah. I'm, okay. Uh, no, yeah, not too Same much thing though. 45. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had, I had Simeon valued at 30. Well, I mean, that, yeah, right. that's the inflated price. All these are inflated prices. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just considering – our league, I was just shocked he went for so cheap. But I will say, you know, immediately after the draft, I've been looking at other teams trying to find a good trade partner there. But there's just so much depth at shortstop that I don't know if I'm going to find one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And that may be exactly why he, he went for what he did. Yeah, um, every, Everyone may have been price enforcing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is right. a big game of chicken. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, then pick 63, uh, you grab Kyle Hendricks. Okay, yeah. So that was my first starting pitcher grab after uh, Scherzer. And that was higher than I wanted to go. There were a bunch of guys that I valued around there. Although I think the inflated value I had him was in the 20s. He's just steady. Um, so he'll hold those ratios down. And hopefully, you know, Scherzer and Luis Castillo that I kept will – getting me all the K's that I need to make up for his kind of lack of K's. 
but I would have liked him more and a few bucks less. Yeah, he was. There were a handful of guys where I thought I had at least a 50% chance of ending up with, and Kyle Hendricks was one of them. I just felt mm-hmm. like, and you kind of mentioned this um, uh, in, your, in your draft review, um, that there are just some guys that are just kind of proven and they've been doing it a long time, but not necessarily at a, a super elite level. And those guys can often get overlooked. And I thought Kyle yeah. would get overlooked. And I thought I would get him in the maybe $12 range. Um, and I had him right. at 17 uh, which is exactly what you got. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, in hindsight, maybe I would have preferred a couple of guys in the 8 to $10 range instead of him. But I'm not too mad at that pick. Yeah, I mean, he's right, he's right about value. And I, I think you, you said it. He's just super steady and he just provides really solid numbers. Yeah. Um, and, and that'll be helpful uh, considering your next guy um, probably has a wide variety of outcomes. And that was Andrew Haney at $5. Yes. Yeah. So I've, I've been, uh, I've been quoting to your dad, the uh, baseball reference simulator. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, out of the park baseball does a simulation of the season. And uh, Haney's first start was not good. He uh, <laughs> went three and two thirds, four K's and six walks. So I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not happy about that pick. Uh, six walks? That does not sound like... <laughs> now, if it were six home runs, that might have been... Yeah, <laughs> no joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I, um, you and I talked about him in the offseason in their, one of my on-new leagues, but he... Uh, uh, great uh, swinging strike rate. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he's got really good stuff. And He's still pretty young, you know. He was a, a centerpiece of one of those uh, Dodger Marlins trades a while back, but he's 24, 25, I think. Yeah, um, didn't he have Tommy John a couple years ago? Yeah, it's been a couple years, yeah, right. So I think two seasons ago. He's still kind of yeah. finding his groove there. And if there was ever a year for him to break out, it, it'll be this year. And if he doesn't, if yeah. he doesn't really break out this year, then maybe he we kind of lose some of our excitement for what his potential is, but this seems like the year to buy him. Yeah. You know, he's, he'll be my number four starter. So five bucks. That felt all right. Pretty good. Uh, And then you didn't wait. You, the very next pick you grabbed for Admiral Reyes at $3. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I was sure he'd go for more. I, I don't regret it at all because I think he's, you know, he, he can easily hit 40 homers. Um, but uh, he'll just be uh, outfield insurance, bench insurance. Yeah, I, I, there's so much. Um, there, there's a lot of people in the fantasy community who are really excited for Framil Reyes, and I think I, I didn't. I'm, I'm just not that excited about him because I did that last year, and just yeah, you, didn't yeah, that's work right. Out. Like I was excited for Framil Reyes and his power and his potential to hit, you know, 40 home runs and with a 260 batting average. And it just, I, I was so excited for him, even when he was slumping because, you know, they, you know, his exit velocity was so great and like his hard hit rate yeah. so good. And I just, uh, I just, I, I invested a, a lot of optimism in him last year and it didn't work out. So I think I just kind of needed, <laughs> needed a break. And yeah, I, I think that's why. No, I, no, while my brain says he's a good guy to invest in, my heart just couldn't take it. Well, and the other thing we always have to remember is 
we're we play in an extremely shallow league. Um, so three outfielders is all we're starting. And so, you know, fourth, fifth outfielder, while they have value, they can be fine. How much value do they really have? If, you know, if he's not going to hit 300 with those 40 home runs, then, you know, he's replaceable almost. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I don't know what, I can't remember what he hit last year, but I think it was below 250. um, If I recall. Yeah, I would. Um, But still only 24. uh, Well, 249. It wasn't too bad. Man, you know what? You he go. had a better season than I thought. 249 with an 822 OPS, and he had 37 home runs. The OPS isn't that great, but I thought he was maybe below 800 because of his – his walk rate isn't as bad Strike as I out. thought either. It's not good, but it's not terrible. But, well, anyway, he, he could be someone who works out really nicely, and $3 is not much to spend on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, tr- the tricky part is then at that point, I don't have much money left. I think it, that might have been it, and I might have been 13 players and 12 bucks left. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like your next guy you spent $2 on, which was Marcus. That's, yep, so that was that was the point where I hit $13 and 12 guys. So, you know, looking back on that, would that extra dollar or two have been better spent on the starting pitcher, maybe? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, uh, yeah, it might have got you one of those guys that you ended up missing out on, but... I mean, I exactly. think you still ended up. Yeah. I don't know that you would be disappointed in any of the guys you ended up with. Um, the it's next true. guy was you got your catcher, Salvador Perez, for a dollar, which I think is. A yeah. Yeah, I had a list of I don't know five or six guys that I'd be happy to pay a buck for, <laughs> but that's about all I wanted to spend on a catcher. Yeah, so. and that was my plan too. And then I, I. Did you end up? Oh, Contreras, right? I did because I mean I didn't end up spending as much money as I thought I would at the top of the draft, and so by the time Contreras came around, I had more money budgeted than I expected to, and I had him valued at fourteen bucks, and I got him for seven. So, I I think I I mentioned uh, a number of times in my post draft review to you that I got a lot of guys that I'm really happy with uh, with at their cost, but I was I only got them because I messed up. I didn't spend enough money on, on my uh, on my starters early yeah. on. Yeah. Um, then you grabbed so you, a series of one dollar guys. You got Alex Wood, um, who was a nice yeah. spring with his velocity up. And last time we saw him with elevated velocity, he was killing it a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, and with the with the Dodgers, that's yeah, not bad. and he's guaranteed a spot and all that stuff. So yeah, good, good guy would take in a shot on. Uh, he's also really good in our league because he has a high ground ball rate. Isn't oh, true. Good? I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. yeah. So when he, I don't draft for that. When but, he's yeah. really on, he's a strikeout in inning with a really high ground ball rate. And those are my favorite guys to own. Um, then you got yeah. Aaron Savali at a buck. Uh, who just yeah. Got... That's just trust in Cleveland. Yes. Yeah, Cleveland kind of knows their stuff. Although he just got sent down, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I was talking with your dad about that too. I don't, I, I don't know what the point of that is. We were looking at roster resource on Fangraphs, and they have like Adam Plutko and a, I think the fifth starter was a guy named Jeffrey Rodriguez, <laughs> and so I'm not sure. Yeah, I <laughs> anyway, I'd be surprised if. Yeah, I don't know that I would be alarmed as a, a Savali owner if, if yeah. I like him. And I trust in Cleveland, I'm not going to put too much stock in any moves that happen right now. Right. Um, Garrett Hampson, who it looks like is 
if I'm unless I'm mistaken, he's he or Michael Chavez would be your starting second baseman right now. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. That's all yeah. I've got. So <laughs> that's what I'm searching for as a second baseman. Anybody listening out there have an extra second baseman laying around? Let me oh, know. You heard it here. Scott's looking for a second baseman. Mark <laughs> Um, then you grabbed a couple yeah. of relievers, Drew Pomeranz and Tommy Conley. Yep. Had to get a couple dollar relievers and happy with both those guys. Pomeranz's time in, in uh, Milwaukee was great last year. And, um, you know, they might, they might use him in a multi-inning role, but his, his case per nine were, I want to say close to 15 once he became a reliever. Yeah. His, his, Tiny sample, but dollar reliever. Yeah, so. yeah, and I had him. So one of the resources I think both of us use is uh, PitcherList has their saves plus holds rankings. Um, and last I checked, yep. Pomeranz was ranked uh, sixth. Uh, and then Conley was – Yeah, he was top ten. Yeah, and Con- Conley was 15. So to get a top ten guy and a top 20 guy at a buck each is a fantastic deal. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was drafting off of was that list. Once it got down to it, I just picked the highest yeah, guy. That's exactly <laughs> what I did too. Um, you grabbed a guy I really like, which is Yanni Chirinos. Um, for another another guy for a buck who pitched really well for Tampa last year. Yeah. Uh, only. Yeah, uh, Eno Saris loves him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Eno Saris. For those who don't know, is uh, he's a fantasy analyst. He's a writer for the Athletic, and both Scott and I really. Uh, he, He's probably my favorite guy. Um, to, um, yeah. I really like his analysis and um, the way he thinks about pitching. Um, and I, 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 there are a lot of times where I, I – oh, can you hear me? Hey, you there? All right, I think I'm back. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, something got wrong with the uh, connection. Uh, no I was, uh, we were talking about Eno Saris, the writer for The Athletic, who used to be for Fangraphs. And as much as I love him, I do blame him for all the pain and suffering that Marcus Stroman has caused <laughs> throughout the years. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you recall, but back when Marcus Stroman, uh, he, he came up for Toronto. Um, yep. He, I think he pitched, a, he had a really good outing. And then they moved him to the bullpen, and I was the guy who ended up with him. And then the following season, uh, he pitched, and I think he got hurt. But there was an article that came out that I, I'm pretty sure it was Eno Saris wrote it, and it was talking about the four pitches that Mike Marcus Stroman threw, and he was comping all of those pitches, um, and he was listing uh, for each of his four offerings, he listed another pitcher and compared them as being on a similar level and these were like amazing pitchers so it, yeah. it would be like if and i don't remember who it was it would be like if someone said like oh he's got clayton kershaw's curveball and lance lynn's fastball and he's got lincecum's changeup. and i'm like as i'm reading this article <laughs> i'm just falling in love with marcus stroman and i i still haven't been able to shake it to this day and no. Yeah, and he he absolutely did not work out the way I expected. I still like Marcus Stroman, especially because I love yeah. that ground ball rate. 
Um, but yeah, I, I love Enoceris, but sometimes he really blows it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and then that's probably why he's on my list too. Is uh, you know, going off of those those rankings, he has him pretty high, Chirino's pretty high. Um, so you know, we'll see how it works out. Uh, hopefully, with the Mets, it'll be a little uh, different instead of being in the AL East. But uh, anyway, right. we we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then you had your last four picks. Uh, you spent pretty much on prospect type guys, with the exception of Michael Chavez. Yeah, uh, we met, we talked about as possibly a second baseman for you. Um, but you grabbed yeah. Spencer Howard, Carter Kaboom, and uh, Tariq Skubal. Yeah, about those guys a little bit. Yeah, um, you know Spencer Howard's uh, rated pretty pretty highly in a lot of uh, minor league uh, prospect rankings. Um, Scoobal has uh, the they always refer to his video game numbers. His uh, his K per nine is just massive, and he just scooted up the ranks really quickly in uh, Detroit. And so, you know, I'm hoping I you know who knows when the season's going to start, but uh, maybe one of those guys breaks camp or is called up pretty soon thereafter, and and uh, maybe something pans out. Uh, Kiboom is one that I kind of targeted late in the draft, just again, looking at the top 10, 15 prospects. And he's in a lot of cases, he's, you know, 10 to 12, but he was up last year and, and wasn't great. So kind of looked at him as a post hype sleeper. And um, although it looks like he's probably going to be at third base, it'd be great if he had some second base eligibility, but uh, um, anyway, that's kind of those three. And then um, Chavez, I kind of regret there are other guys that I probably could have grabbed for a buck that may have had more upside. Um but well, the next we'll see. I need. I definitely needed another second baseman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have that follow-up draft that we're doing one way or another. Yep. Um, so I mean, yep. That's that's one of the nice things is we have this time to think about the guys. We're like, you know what, that guy wasn't really worth a roster spot. Um, we'll have a second. Yep. That replacing them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. I I think uh, middle of the draft, I would have rated my draft pretty poorly. I would have giving myself a two out of five. Uh, maybe I'm closer to three and a half now, but uh, I, I was happy with the late starting pitching that I got um, and those dart throws. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you have any pick that sticks out to you now that you've had plenty of time to think about it? Do you, is there a pick that sticks out to you that you're just really excited went the way it went? Let's see. Um, not <laughs> to be honest, not really. Um, I think um, I I did like taking the chance on Kiboom late yeah. for a buck. Um, yeah. And I do like Reyes, but uh, again, as I was saying about outfielders, sometimes a fourth outfielder isn't that valuable. Yeah, there are some picks that are just I don't know make you feel happy <laughs> yeah right and for me and this is a weird one one pick that makes me feel happy is nick anderson um and i think yeah the reason is i don't think i understood how good nick anderson was last year and as we came to the end of the draft and um actually I'll, i'm gonna throw in ryan presley too both my relievers oh yeah I mean, for like, sure presley I yeah so especially happy. the value yeah i Nick, I paid a lot for Nick Anderson. I paid 13 bucks, but the guy struck out 15 batters per nine. I mean, it was like, um, 
shoot, why am I forgetting his name? The guy from Milwaukee. Hater. Hater. It, they were like Josh Hater. Bubbles. Yeah. And like I would have been thrilled to have Hater, and I I just it's just so fun right. having elite relievers that are just gonna kill it. And Nick Anderson could fall yeah. Off. Who knows? But um, he's pitched a lot of strikeouts the last couple of seasons, and I'm just kind of excited to have a potentially yeah reliever in both him and Presley. And I guess I'll say based on on that, um, I am excited to have Scherzer. Uh, I haven't had an ace uh, since our snake days when I grabbed Cliff Lee, I think. But uh, so I, I'm I'm happy to have a, a top, you know, starting pitcher. Obviously, his uh, you know back issues, hopefully uh, notwithstanding. Right. Yeah. Hopefully that won't be an issue. And he's had plenty of long layoff. Hopefully. He's taking care yeah. of himself, and he'll be good to go. It seems like he was he was okay in spring training. Um, yeah. So overall, on the, give, can you give yourself a grade for your drafts? Yeah, I'd um, you know I uh, I'm I'm in the three and a half to four range out of five probably. Okay. Um, give yourself a C plus or a B minus. There you go. Yeah, I think so. Um, not overly thrilled, but it. it uh, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't regret paying those top dollars because I definitely value paying for the starting lineup and the starting pitchers and then letting the bench all be dollar guys. So I'm, I'm happy with how that played out, but I think I would have had more fun uh, with kind of my plan A, which is kind of what you ended up doing um, with a Rizzo and Altuve. That's a good and, point. Uh, because, you know, yeah, because that's generally my plan too is to spend pretty much all of my money on my my starting lineup and then you know dollar guys on the bench and I always budget for that and I always end up not spending enough on my my starters and this year was probably the worst I've been in the last few years I just I spent so much money on my bench and on my relievers which I just don't mm-hmm. do but it was fun. It was really fun yeah. doing that, being involved throughout the entire draft rather than, like you mentioned, you just you got to a point where you had a bunch of spots and just a dollar left for each one. So you kind of have to No, exactly. Out. Yeah, you just have to hope that one of them makes it back to you and hope that somebody doesn't go two bucks on them, you know? Right, so, yeah. Yeah. It, um, well, any final comments on your draft? No, I don't think so. I hope we get to see these teams. <laughs> well, I, I guess mean, I'll say you know one way or another. If if this is canceled, I mean, next year's draft will just be the second draft. That's yeah. the plan. So no, I true. mean, one way or another, we should see these. Although there will be some interesting choices, especially on those older guys. If we have to wait another season, like I, I've been thinking about Nelson Cruz. Like I got him for twelve bucks. I, yeah, I'm in for Nelson Cruz. Like I'll pay twelve bucks to see if he can, you know, still be a, a top hitter, but. If we go another season, now he's what forty one. Yeah, yeah. If if we we have to wait till next year, and I don't know, I don't know that I want to pay twelve bucks to have a forty one year old yeah. uh, take up my utility spot. I'm not sure. No, that's a good point, and and uh, you know there might be another enough guys that kind of show promise that even though a thirteen dollar Marcus Simeon has a lot of value, maybe I trade him for very little and use that extra money somewhere else you know who knows yeah or just cut him i guess in that case i wouldn't get the money back yeah right well i mean yeah yes um it it would clear up that money so you could re-spend it 
And like, I, I'm really liking what we're doing here. I, I like this idea of yeah. having a follow-up draft because um, especially if we have to wait till next season, um, it'll give us something to do rather than throwing this away or yes. just not being able to draft at all next year because we're just keeping this. Um, it, it's a nice little solution. I'm, I'm pretty pleased. Yeah. No, I, I, th- I agree. I think, uh, and, and had we waited to do the draft, then we could have just lost out on having a draft this year, which would not have been fun. Yes, exactly. And I think that's ultimately why I was, uh, I, I, I was kind of anxious to do it is because I just wanted to make sure we had a draft in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you want to talk goat? Talk goat. So you want to tell the listeners what project goat? Is? Yeah. So project goat, it, it, uh, it was a tweet that I saw from, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, Pierre Bequet. Yeah, that's B-E-C-Q-U-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, probably, I don't know if it's Eno or somebody from The Athletic had retweeted it. Um, the Project Goat is you pick, uh, it's a standard rotisserie roster. Standard rotisserie, for those who don't know, is two catchers, first and third baseman, corner infield, second short, middle infield, five outfielders, and a utility and then nine pitchers, however you want to break those out, relief pitchers or starting pitchers. So you're picking 23 guys from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and the 2010s. Uh, And you have to evenly spread them. You pick one guy. um, uh, Well, you you can only pick one guy per franchise. So the Expos and the Nationals are one franchise. you have to pick no more than six guys from each decade. Yeah. And no more than one guy from each season. Um, so I, I did this in February, actually. I was surprised it was that long ago. February 26th is when I last uh, put my, looked at my roster. And I still have a couple of holes in mine. Because, for example, I have two Astros on mine. So I have to get rid of either... And I'll tell you, may as well. I either have to get rid of Jose Altuve's 2016 or, oh, actually, I have a reliever here too. Mike Scott, 1986, who I never would have picked except for the fact that because he threw 275 innings, he had 300 Ks, 18 wins, a 220 ERA, and a .9 whip. Yeah, Mike Scott's uh, <laughs> season is pretty awesome, especially – since um, it, it allows you to use one of those 80s players because the 80s players in yeah. general didn't produce the kind of numbers that I found. The two decades that I found to be the most lucrative for both pitching and hitting were the 1990s and the 2000s. Yep, exactly. So wait, did you you grabbed him too on yours? Uh, so or are you still going through it? <laughs> let me tell you what I did. Scott. You, you so so okay let me caveat it first you're not supposed to do any algorithms no. i don't know the definition of algorithm I think uh <laughs> i know there's certain uh languages of coding languages where you can okay. scour websites scour their code yeah um, for information. okay so you can spreadsheet it up all you want yes, huh you that's what you've been doing yeah, okay man I love I love me some spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I'll mention too is that the scoring is five by five, standard five by five, win saves, Ks, ERA, WHIP, 
uh, runs, home runs, RBI, stolen base, and average. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a blast just, you know, like, do I take Pedro Martinez 1999 or do I take, you know, another year of his, or, you know, if you take Pedro Martinez, you can't have any Roger Clemens with the Red Sox, but you can have Clemens with the Blue Jays, which I do. Um, you know, same with those Randy Johnson on the D on the Diamondbacks, you can't grab shilling any of those years. Uh, and so it's really interesting. Uh, you know, looking at stolen bases, do you grab a Ricky Henderson year or would you rather have a McGuire Canseco year? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been maddening and amazing. And yes. There's <laughs> a time sink for me. And I just got, so once I gathered all the data on the spreadsheets, cause I just went year by year for the hitters. And I, Wait, so you pulled like baseball reference, all the, the data graphs. Fan graphs. Okay. I wow. Year by year, every hitter who had at least 150 hits. So I, I basically sorted by hits because that okay. would probably be my best bet, especially considering what we I kind of learned from analyzing our league statistics and how hits is one of the categories yeah. that most closely correlates to success. So I sorted by hits, and there were so, few hitters who didn't have 150 hits that had notable seasons, and I, I did end up pulling them too. Um, okay. But I, I pulled that for every season, put them on one spreadsheet, um, kind of pared that down a little bit, um, got rid of some guys who were clearly not going to be viable options. And then I threw all of those hitters onto one sheet. And then Ooh. I used uh, Z-score. Standard deviation? And, yep. Okay. Yep. I used standard deviation to create Z-scores for every player. Yeah. Um, basically, for those who don't know, Z scores, um, it, it'll give a, a point score for each category for a player um, based on um, how much they deviate from the average. So uh, the higher above average you are, the higher your Z score is going to be. And the below average gives you a negative Z score. And then what that allows. And that's actually. Yeah. I'm just going to throw in real quick. That's actually what ESPN always uses for their player rater. It's it's just pretty much a straight Z score okay. if you ever use that in other leagues. Uh, and that's I think that's what Fangraphs uses for the auction calculator too, I believe. Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. So I just created a Z score for everybody, and then it was just a matter. I had all the positions, I had all the years, I had the Z scores. Now it was just a matter of putting together the puzzle and just trying. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what that is what grabbed me because I just spent. Yeah. hours and hours moving guys in and out and trying to find the ideal lineup. And I eventually came across the article that that Pierre guy wrote uh, on uh -huh. CBS. Did you happen to read that? I didn't read that yet. I, I didn't want to, uh, not cheap. I, I, I just, I didn't want any outside influences, <laughs> no, but go that, ahead. That, that's a really, <laughs> it's a really, it was, that's a very uh, integrity move. And um, <laughs> I just kind of wanted to read to make sure I was in the ballpark. I didn't want to be like wasting yeah. my time. Right. So I yeah. read up on it and then I, I didn't look at what players they chose. I just looked at like their final standings so I could okay. see how many points they scored. And it gave me um, a, a set of teams to compare my team with. So I could throw in my numbers yeah. with their numbers and then see, well, did I come out on top or did I come out in the middle or whatever? And it was very discouraging. 
I bet. The guy who came out on top was, um, uh, shoot, uh, who, who, Andy Barons. Andy Barons came out on okay. top. And so what I did was I looked at what he scored for hitting and what he scored for pitching. And I started with, okay, I'm going to ignore pitching. I'm just going to put together the best hitting team I can and beat his hitting points. And then I'll try to squeeze in the pitching and kind of modify from there. I had a heck of a time just beating his hitting without what, completely ignoring. Oh, pitching. oh, you mean? Yeah, wow. I was able okay. to do it with a couple of teams, but I wasn't able to beat him by. Wow. And my my plan initially, even before I read this, my plan was okay. Well, I'm gonna punt steals and I'm gonna punt saves and just just go uh-huh. for that. Um. So Andy Barons is the one who won initially, but then they had another guy, AJ Mass, who was part of it too, who scored last place. Yeah. But then the, the Pierre guy, he told him, he gave him the final rat rankings and said, okay, now without giving him the teams, just what the final scores were. And he said, okay, now see if you can beat it. And he did. And I think he found the idea. Interesting. Lineup, Scott. <laughs> I've, I've, I've really his team and huh. then tried to make it better and I can't do it. It's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. It, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was hearing, you know, start with catcher, like you got to use a Piazza year um, and work your, you know, work your way down. But, but it's crazy. Cause you know, you would think that, yeah, I want like a McGuire or bonds, one of those 70 plus home run years, but, but you know, you're not getting a ton of other stuff in there, you know? Um, anyway. It's interesting. Yeah, can you um you want to take some guesses uh who, which players came out at the top as far as Z scores go for either pitching or hitting? Uh, I would think Pedro Martinez's ninety nine has to be up there. Um, yes, uh, Pedro Martinez ninety nine uh, was the second highest had the second oh, highest Z score and the behind first has to be Doc Gooden eighty five third. First, first okay. was Martinez is two thousand actually. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. It's he, Wait, he, which one do I have plugged in? Wins. here? He I don't know. Had eighteen wins that season only. Okay. Comparatively, but yeah, uh, his ERA and WHIP were just ridiculous. Yeah, I have Pedro Martinez two thousand or ninety nine written in here, so I, I hadn't solidified which one yet. But I actually had the ninety nine in there for yeah. more wins. How many you K's did he have? Three. It was a. Uh, yeah, Pedro okay. 2000, Pedro 99, and Doc Gooden 85. Those were the top. Wow. Yeah. And then hitting-wise, hitting, hitting wise, I've got no idea. Let's see. I don't know, like an A, probably an A-Rod in 07. He was third. Yeah, and he was by okay. A-Rod is by far the top third base Z-score. The Z-score for his third okay. base was um, 6.95. And then the highest third baseman oh, is himself in 2005 at 3.67. Yeah. And then I go way down, and finally I get to Miguel Cabrera to 2013 at 2.12. Yeah, so he, wow. he beats him by like four and a half points on the Z-score. That... So is it one of those big uh, – is it, is it Bonds is uh, 01 uh, he then? Was fifth. At, he was actually behind it, Rod. Huh. Um, I think okay. because uh, the uh, actually A Rod had more runs that year, more RBI, more stolen bases. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the, true. Uh, the, I'll give you a hint. The top season was a Rocky. Oh, was it Helton? Uh, uh, Helton two thousand. I have that, that one. The in year here. he hit three seventy two with one hundred forty seven RBIs and yeah. forty two homers. That's an incredible season. It is so. It was so hard to so it's between a... Rockies because you had two thousand. Yeah, Ellis Burks ninety six. <laughs> the guy hit three really. He had forty home runs and thirty two uh, stolen bases with one hundred forty two runs, twenty eight RBIs. Oh. It was absurd. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't looking at but even back, stolen bases there. Uh, yeah, the newly Hall of Famer. Larry oh, Walker, Larry, uh, ninety-seven. Yeah, he hit three sixty-six with forty-nine home runs, thirty-three stolen bases, one hundred forty-three runs, and one hundred thirty RBIs. That came out on top. Goodness. Uh, well, what's crazy there is then you can't have Piazza's ninety-seven because I had Piazza's ninety-seven. Where he hit 362, 40 bombs, 124 RBIs, 104 runs, five stolen bases. From yeah, Patrick. it's brutal picking those because so, if you don't, what I found is interesting. There's really three three catching seasons to choose from. There's really just three, actually maybe four. Yeah, you can do Piazza's ninety seven, which comes out at the highest Z score at one eighty six, one point eight six, and then I, you know, the yeah. same Pudge, Pudge. is ninety nine. Um, his. And then yeah. Mauer. Pudge comes in at 1.6. And then you gotta wait a long time. And comes Wow. Uh, gosh, I'm scrolling down. <laughs> and then Piazza comes shows up again in ninety-nine. But he's now at it. Now we're in the negative Z scores, negative one point one six. Uh then finally Mauer Ooh, shows up. Wow. His twenty two season where he had oh, 65 with 28 homers at a negative 1.43 yeah. interesting yeah. So okay it was really between piazza 97 uh pudge 99 in mauer 2009 and then that, that that's, yeah those are pretty much your choices because all the other catching seasons are just worthless pretty much see but that because then i would think that you'd you may as well just take a different rocky and take that piazza year because there are a lot of good Rocky years. Uh, yeah. But in the end, I think most of my iterations, I, I, I didn't use uh, Walker because of the flexibility with the Rockies that, that they offered. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's so hard to not go with Pudge and Yvonne Rodriguez. And then on a similar uh, line of thinking, A-Rod's 2007, just because he's just by far the best third baseman. Yeah season so i'll i'll just read down i won't i won't give you the years but i'll just read down the names of, of the guys okay. that i have here but uh yeah so i, I did grab piazza and mauer then i have a mcguire year with the cardinals a rod helton uh altuve but i gotta correct one of those robin yount um i, I have a ripkin year in there uh ricky bonds trout griffey sosa and I grabbed a Bryce Harper year for one of my utilities for my utility slot. Um, pitching, we already touched on most most of those. I did I did grab a Clemens Blue Jays year. Um, Steve Carlton, nineteen eighty, yeah, was pretty really, solid. And then, season. yeah, twenty four wins, two hundred eighty six Ks. And then I grabbed a couple of relievers, but I didn't. I haven't run the numbers yet to see if I should just grab starting pitchers, but. 
a couple impressive reliever years. Uh, Kirby Yates actually 2019, 41 Ks, 101 or 101 Ks, 41 saves. Um, I grabbed a Dan Quisenberry one year, but that one looks pretty boring. Uh, <laughs> he had 45 saves, but a 194 whip, uh, 194 ERA, 93 whip, uh, five wins. And then the most random one I think I probably have is Willie Hernandez on the Tigers in 84 as a reliever, 140 innings pitched, nine wins, 32 saves, 112 Ks, which, <laughs> which for That's a reliever a is pretty solid. Fun. Yeah, I, I'm but, seeing uh, him on my list. I, ha- I haven't <laughs> looked at him. I think typically because – well, I didn't really look at relievers much. I have recently. Um, just trying to look for other st- strategies besides throwing saves and stolen bases. Um, but Willie Hernet, that's yeah. a fantastic year. That's a really interesting season. And it's in the 80s. Um, I, I yep, guess the problem exactly, is which was Tigers, light. which means you don't get to use any of Miguel Cabrera's good years. Um, right. His- yeah no i'd be uh no i just i mean i guess you, there's maybe some marlins years in there that were pretty good but nothing like his tigers years yeah i don't think i used a marlin that's a i need to adjust there we go that's that'll give me an extra space uh, you know what the best marlin i found was um jean stanton his his season. oh sure yeah yeah i think he's the only Marlon, I've, I've I've ever really used as I've been working through. Yeah, fifty nine home runs that season. Wow. Yeah, I don't have any. I, I need some more twenty tens. So that's probably yeah. The twenty tens and the eighties were um, the hardest to to find good value from. What uh, What did you hear in terms of using relief pitchers? Did people tend to just go so with starting two, pitchers, or so the the two teams that won the standings, uh, which uh, initially Andy Barron's team and then A.J. Mass's team, they both punted saves entirely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense because, I mean, you you know, you throw in a, even a fantastic relief year and you get one-third of the Ks that you could get by using yeah, a starting pitcher. It, it, so. it, it seems like the safest thing to do where it's not dependent upon what the rest of the league does because, um, I mean, if the rest yep. of the league all go saves, then you overkill on wins and strikeouts um, and may- maybe yep. even hurt yourself right. on whipping ERA because it's going to be harder to get those numbers down with the starters. Um, but yeah. if, if other people throw the saves too, then uh, it can go the other way for you. So it's really tricky. It depends on what everyone else is doing. But Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I know the Athletic was having a contest. Uh, that one closes, I think, yeah, April 1st. Yeah, so I, I want to enter that one. Quit. <laughs> I haven't touched it. Yeah, well, me I too. Haven't I haven't looked back it at it until today. Two, mainly because I was, in large part, I was spending too much time on it, and it was just really consuming my thoughts, <laughs> my, uh, my impulses. Yeah. And, and I've been, as I've been trying to look at these other teams – and trying to beat them. Like I'm looking at the team that AJ Mass put together. I'm looking at his pitching. And again, I did the same thing with his pitching that I did with Andy Barron's hitting. And I thought, can I just beat this pitching staff while ignoring hitting? And I can't. It, yeah. I the best. Like that's yeah. the best. So then the only thing to do is, okay, use his pitching staff and then tweak the hitting, see if you can do better, which I haven't really tried, tried much like that. But 
It's so okay. bad, Scott. It's mad. But it's so fun. Interesting. I, I know. Scott, I would enjoy it is a blast. for the next few months. I, I would enjoy <laughs> I know. I, I think maybe we should do that. Yeah. Um, hopefully others, no, nobody's still listening, let's be right. honest. But um, hopefully others want to do something like this. Because um, I think it would be fun to just uh, send it around and, and see what we could do. Yeah, and there's other with. iterations of it we could do as well. Like we could even, I think originally when I came up with the Web Gems legacy idea, which was a number of years, a couple of years ago, I think, uh, we would just, we would draft players and then you would, at that point, you would oh, cool. choose which seasons you would want to use for those guys. And I thought it would be fun to do something like that. Maybe yeah. since this was kind of in a celebration of the the birth of fantasy baseball in 1980. Um, it'd be fun to do this like for yeah, Jeff, which started in 2005. So maybe just do players since 2005. Just do it since then. Like that. Um, it, it, would be, it would be fun to do. That'd be but. fun. It's been really fun looking at these players and it's given me a much better appreciation for just how good some of these guys were. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you see a guy with, you know, A-Rod, 54 homers, 156 RBIs. It's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And 20 steals, you know. (laughs) Guys that show up at the top of the list, like I already mentioned Ellis Burks. And then you've got Luis Gonzalez in 2001. Oh yeah, fifty. Yep. Shoot, Brady Anderson had a fifty home run year, right? You're right about that. Um, I will say I did. No, uh, Brady. One player, and it's because. um, Yeah. As I'm trying to put together this hitting lineup to beat Andy Barron's hitting lineup, and again, I haven't seen who he has. I didn't look at that. I just look at his total points and stuff. And I'm like, I'm having a heck of a time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hate myself if there's a player that I don't have listed that ends up being crucial. So hmm. I, I kind of broke down and I went and looked at who he used with the idea, like, I'm not going to memorize it. I just want to see if there's any names I don't recognize, like any guys I'm just totally overlooking. And there yeah. was one. There was a player he used in his hitting lineup that I, I didn't have listed. And it was um, what team? Um, the hold on, I gotta make sure I have the the right team of okay. him. Uh, it was the Blue Jays um, from the nineties, and it was a huh. middle the 90s, from the eighties middle infielder for the Blue Jays. It was Roberto, oh, Roberto Alomar ninety three. And what makes that huh. so good is he had fifty five stolen bases. With oh. Did he, he hit 20, like three, three yeah, 40, 50 or, um, okay. not only 17 home runs and 93 RBIs, Interesting. the stolen bases are the root that they're tough. They're, they're tough to keep up with everybody else. And so having that, that yeah. season in there where it doesn't kill you in the other categories necessarily, it gives you so many stolen bases. Um, and 93 right. is not a very, f- f- uh, fruitful season. Yeah, I had Ken Griffey Jr. that year, but I'm sure I could pick uh, another Griffey. Yeah, here. and then, it, I mean, and if sometimes you might want A-Rod a at shortstop, and there goes all your... Oh, right. That's right. But then you, you can't, can't use, use that Yankee. Yankee but then if you use the still. Yankee or you can't use Ricky Henderson's um, 80 steal, 28 home run season. I found myself wanting yeah. to use a lot. Right. 
Interesting. Yeah, I used the A 1990 season for him. 65 steals, 28 home runs. Oh, I'm but, sorry. He but, only had 24 yeah. and 88. But he did hit 330, I think. I don't know other season. Yeah. But, yeah, just fun. wild. Really fun stuff. <laughs> I don't think I realized how good Dante Bichette was either. Yeah, I remember he had a couple of great years. One of my well, I didn't have him. I had Colorado a few of those years. In the top um, fifty, I've got on here. Yeah. Huh. Brady Anderson's ninety-six. That fifty home run season. He had twenty-one. Home that was runs, the one. Okay, ninety-six. Running that year too. It's not bad. Yeah. 50-20. All right. Well. Um, yeah, thanks for, awesome. thanks for coming on and chatting about draft <laughs> and about Project Goat. Yeah, and, uh, no, it was a blast. Now that I, I'm not fixated on this Project Goat thing, I'll be <laughs> looking to maybe get some more web gem stuff going, uh, trying to get more podcasts and maybe get that best ball league going. Yeah. There, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. We could we could use something in April now that we're all going to yeah, be home until yeah, at least it May first. Really nice to have something to do in April. All right. Well, yep. thanks again for coming on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we'll, thank uh, you. We'll talk to you again soon.